What's up, dude and dudettes? Welcome to the Dude Health Show. My name is Mitchie Wilder, and I'm a personal coach specializing in movement and nutrition. In this podcast, we will talk about food, fitness, and exercise, and how we can use these as beautiful outlets to have fun and live healthy lives. I hope you guys enjoy, and let's dig right in. Dudes and dudettes, hello, hello, hello. It's so nice to have you here. Welcome to the Dude Health Show. My name is Mitchie Wilder. I'm a personal coach specializing in movement and nutrition. And I want to say thank you for joining me here today. We got a really fun episode today. Today, we're going to be talking about why not to trust the scale and also Carbohydrate 101, where I'm going to be teaching you what carbs are, how carbs are used. Do they need to be used? Do we need to consume carbs? Are there good carbs? Are there bad carbs? I don't know. I guess we're going to find that out today. It's so nice to have you here. And I say, let's get right into it. So as you guys know, I love experimenting with the body. I love trying new things out, isolating things into my daily life and daily routine to see how my body reacts to it. I am completely obsessed with optimizing my energy levels, my brain function, basically anything that has to do with this vessel that I am moving around in. I want to find out how to make it move and flow better. So this experiment, so I'm going to start out with our first segment called my experiments for the month. Um, I want to share with you guys what experiments I've been doing and how they've been playing out for me. So this month, the month of August, I am experimenting with a few things. I'm getting back into the gym. As you guys know, um, if you listen to my previous podcast, last month's experiment was to see if I could lose fat and gain muscle or maintain muscle without going in the gym once, which, which I did. I proved through adequate protein intake and a calorie deficit meaning that I was taking in less calories than I was putting out, that I could lose fat and actually maintain and gain muscle from not going in the gym one time. The whole month of July, I did not go in the gym one time. I did go in the gym one time. I was really, really, I I missed the gym so much that I did do about a one 20-minute kettlebell workout and that was in like the middle of the month, but it was hard, man. I love the gym. I love sweating. I love breathing. I love grunting. And so, yes, so this month I'm getting right back into it. I just joined a new gym, even though I'm a coach at one of the gyms. I actually like going and being coached at gyms because I don't have to set up my own plans like I do for my clients and everything like that. It's really nice to be coached. Um, and so, yeah, so I did, so I'm back in the gym. I'm going to a gym called F45, which is like functional 45 minutes of workout. So it's a functional fitness workout for 45 minutes, really high intensity. It's awesome. I love it. So I've been doing that. It's August 11th right now when I'm recording this. So I've been doing that for the past 11 days, about two to three times per week. So my experiments for this month is number one, strength training. I'm, I'm doing the strength training again, about two to four times per week. Number two, I'm doing a calorie deficit of about 500 to 1,000 calories per day. I'm really just trying to listen to my body. When it's full, I stop eating. And number three is uh, protein intake. 
I'm focusing on about 2.2 grams per kg, which is the number that science has shown that you need to consume to gain muscle, 2.2 grams per kg of body weight. So if you're 150 pounds, that's 68 kg. So you should be consuming about 150 grams of protein per day. And I'm also doing number four, I'm doing one day of refeeding. So I'm and on my refeeding day, I'm basically eating as much as I want until I feel re like really full. Like I'm eating to my maintenance calories, meaning that I'm eating as many calories as I'm burning during the day and then some. Like yesterday was my refeeding day and I burned about 3,000 calories yesterday. And so I ended up eating like 3,500 calories. I had some really good carbohydrates, like some, some gluten-free oats. They were fantastic. Oh, I put some banana in there, put some fruit in there. It was nice. And I might have had more than one bowl, but I can promise you that I enjoyed it thoroughly. So those are the four things I'm experimenting with. And I woke up this morning and I stepped on the scale. So at the start of the month, uh, about a week ago, I was, I was, so a week ago, I was 148 pounds. When I stepped on the scale this morning, I was 150 pounds. And I was kind of confused and a little frustrated because I was like, man, I was at a pretty high calorie deficit last month. Like, what's going on? Like, how, how am I not losing weight? But the great thing is my gym has an in-body machine. And so this in-body machine, you step on it. Uh, barefoot and it sends electromagnetic pulses through your feet and your hands also you grab onto these little handles and it sends these electromagnetic pulses it's a pretty expensive machine and it tells you your body weight it tells you the amount of water you have in your body it tells you your bone mass it tells you your muscle mass it tells you your body fat mass and everything like that so after seven days this is seven days because I measured my in-body about seven days ago. So after seven days, the in-body told me that I lost three and a half pounds of fat. I gained almost three pounds of muscle. My body fat percentage went from 8.3% to 5.9%. And my resting metabolic rate went up by 50 calories per day, meaning that my body is burning 50 calories more just from having that added three pounds of muscle on my body. So the scale, here's the thing, the scale says that I gained almost two pounds. And that's why I was confused and a little frustrated because I, I was like, what's going on? But when I look closely into it, I started at 148 pounds. I lost three and a half pounds of fat, which if you want to do the math, let's take it down. So 148 minus three and a half pounds is 144. And then I gained almost three pounds of muscle. So let's bring that up to 147 and a half. And my body was holding more water in it as well. I had about three and a half pounds more water than I did seven days ago for a couple reasons, because I had a higher carbohydrate day yesterday on my refeeding day. And when you consume carbohydrates, your body automatically holds on to more water and so that's going to be one reason why I had more water in my body, but also because I gained muscle. I gained three, almost three pounds of muscle in one week from adequate protein intake 
and getting back in the gym. So this is, this is why I'm sharing this with you guys. Because when I first stepped on the scale today, this morning, it read that I had actually gained almost two pounds after a week of calorie restriction and four sessions of weight training. Like I went to the gym four times last week. I felt thinner, like my waist felt thinner. I felt lighter and I felt stronger. And I definitely can feel uh, better energy levels as well, just being back in the gym. And so I was really confused. And like I said, I was a little frustrated as well. But when I stepped on this in-body machine and it showed me how I had really lost three and a half pounds of body fat, gained three pounds of muscle, and was holding almost three and a half pounds more body water, it all made sense. That's when I got the aha. And so this main takeaway here is that the scale really is such a small, small, small metric like a a measuring point of what's really going on in our body if you know that you're doing the real work as in a calorie deficit your adequate protein intake your resistance training and you feel thinner around your waist and your energy is good and overall you're just feeling good don't get down if the scale goes up because chances are your body's actually achieving much more progress than we actually think so you guys from coming from someone who used to be a slave to the scale. This is just a beautiful reminder and a beautiful um, opening for me to realize that the scale really, yeah, it's a good measurement of something, of of weight. But if you really want to know what's going on, I highly suggest you going to a local gym and and stepping on the in-body and if you're really interested in, in fat loss and everything like that, because when it comes to fat loss, um, the scale is not gonna the scale is not going to reflect the true numbers clearly. So I highly recommend checking out the embody and don't be a slave to the scale, you guys. Don't be a slave to the scale. All right. So now I want to get into the big Kahuna. I want to get into our macronutrient profile of carbohydrates. So if you listen to my previous podcast, I went over the power of protein and how there's the big three macronutrients. We have protein, carbohydrates, and fat. And today we're going to be focusing on the second, the second of uh, macronutrients, which is carbohydrates. So what are carbohydrates? Cookies, pasta, bread, grains. Yeah, that's, that's true. They are. Carbohydrates are cookies, pasta, bread, and grains, but there's so much more. Vegetables, fruits, dairy, they're all carbohydrates as well. And once carbohydrates are consumed, once they're ingested, there's three things that our body can do with them. And I'm going to make this reference in the form of like money and a bank. So The number one thing that our body can do with a carbohydrate when we ingest it is it's broken down into glucose, sugar, which is immediately released into our bloodstream, which we can think of this as like cash. So we're using that cash right away. It's, It's not being stored anywhere. It's being spent right away. If it is not being used immediately, meaning if we're not moving or if we're not doing anything to where our body needs to use energy as in walking or something like that then it stores as glycogen which is in our muscles and liver mainly our muscles 
And so this is more like a checking account. Um, this is where our, our carbohydrates are going to go if we are not using them immediately. And, but we do have a maximum amount that we can store in our glycogen. So if our glycogen stores are full, then they're stored as fat, and that's the bank. So that is where all of the excess can go, and your body can store as much fat as you bring in. So I want to touch a little bit on what is glycogen. So if it's not broken down immediately and used as glucose, as sugar in the bloodstream, as our cash, then it goes to the checking account, which is glycogen. And so muscle glycogen is our body's energy storage and stores in the muscles and liver. It is the body's preferred energy source for high intensity exercise, although it is a mix of glycogen and fat. So low intensity exercise, you're going to be using mainly fat as its energy. Once you, once you get into your zone two and zone three, once you get the heart rate up a little bit more, your body is unable to efficiently use fat as its energy source. It's unable to use fat as its energy source. And so it starts to use its muscle glycogen. Um, how much muscle glycogen can be stored? So in an average 200 pound human, about 1600 to 2000 calories can be stored, but the body can hoard all the way up to like 4,800 calories. And how much glycogen do we use during exercise? Well, it really depends on the intensity, time, and type of exercise. Like you, may, you might be able to run 30 miles at a really low intensity before you empty your glycogen stores, but a high intensity or HIIT workout could drain your glycogen stores in as little as an hour. So having a higher carbohydrate intake for a couple of days will almost double your body's baseline glycogen stores. Some people try and deplete their glycogen by fasting and intermittent fasting or exercising prior to meals because the carbs eaten will then go towards replenishing the glycogen stores rather than stored as fat. So basically think of our glycogen like a gas gauge. And I'll get more in the, uh, into that in a little bit. But for now, I just want you to kind of understand that when we consume a carbohydrate, we can either use it immediately as our cash, we can either store it in the checking account as our muscle glycogen and in our liver. Um, and number three, if those two are not available, then it is stored as fat. So I want to get a little bit into the timing of our carbohydrates. Like, is there a certain time of day when we should be consuming these carbohydrates? So the Journal of Obesity took um, overweight test subjects and put them on either a general reduced calorie diet or a reduced calorie diet where the majority of their carbohydrates, about 80% of them were eaten at dinner. And at the end of the six month study, the study participants who ate most of their carbs at dinner lost more weight, had a greater reduction in waist circumference, and had an overall greater reduction of body fat mass compared to the conventional calorie-restricted dieters. Plus, the night carbers also had greater improvements in their fasting blood sugar, better, better insulin sensitivity, improved cholesterol ratios, reduced inflammation, and improved levels of leptin and adiponectin. 
Sorry about that. I didn't know how to pronounce it. So what are we saying here? Well, what I like to recommend to my clients is if you are going to eat carbohydrates, that 80% of your carbs be at night. And this may sound really counterintuitive because if we're like, hey, that doesn't make any sense if we're taking in these carbohydrates and we want to use them as soon as we can. But I like to reference kind of like a gas gauge. So if you can think of your body like a car and when we wake up in the morning, our gas tank is full and we want to start running that gas tank down during the day. And so then that gives us the ability to use our muscle glycogen stores. And then we're able to tap into our fat stores once our muscle glycogen is depleted. So if we can get that gas tank running down during the day, and then we can fill it back up just like you would at the end of the day. You want to fill your car back up with gas at the end of the day so then it's ready to go the next morning. The tricky thing here is that a lot of people wake up and just eat immediately as soon as they, as soon as they wake up. For some reason in our society, we've been taught that as soon as you wake up, you got to eat breakfast. It's the most important meal of the day. Well, that's not necessarily true when it comes to fat loss. Because from a basic defensive perspective, when you're not loading up on carbs to start the day, your metabolic defense shifts into gear to use your glycogen stores to power your body throughout the day. And having your carbs partitioned to the evening restocks your energy reserves first before spilling over into the fat stores. As the analogy goes, if you drive your car around all day and the gas tank is being emptied, you need to fill it up for the next day. You've got adequate space to fill it up, more carbohydrates as long as you don't overflow the tank like that crazy Zoolander. Zoolander, when they're spraying the gas all around, we don't want to be doing that. And that's what happens when we wake up in the morning if we, we already have our muscle glycogen stores full and we start eating carbohydrates, then those immediately go storing as fat, immediately. And then we're, we're on playing offense the rest of the day trying to burn off all of those calories that we have been spilling over our gas tank with. So without carbing up to start your day, your body will be able to utilize stored muscle glycogen and stored body fat faster. With more carbs and calories constantly coming in during the day, most folks hardly ever give their body the chance to utilize their fat and glycogen storage without exercising their faces off and killing themselves in the gym. So if we can start out the day with some movement, even just a little bit of walking, then we're going to be depleting those muscle glycogen stores. And then that next meal that we're going to eat right after is going to go to replenishing, either be used as energy or replenishing our muscle glycogen stores rather than directly going to be stored as fat. So you might be wondering like, hey, how many carbohydrates are good for me? Like, I, I don't know how, how much I should be consuming. Well, there is a thing called the carbohydrate tipping point. So basically too much or the wrong types of carbohydrates can really screw up your satiety hormones, meaning you're, you're feeling full, and increased storage of visceral fat, which is our deep belly fat. Too little carbs, however, can reduce our thyroid hormones, elevate our levels of cortisol, and reduce levels of testosterone. So the real key is to find our carbohydrate tipping point. 
For all of us, there is an optimal amount of carbohydrates we should consume that will provide us with balanced energy, optimal hormone function, and consistent satiety that automatically supports our fat loss. There is a tipping point in carbohydrate consumption that when we surpass it, when we consume too many carbohydrates, we experience irregular energy levels, dysfunction in our hormones, increased hung- hunger, and fat gain. So when we eat too many carbohydrates, everything goes bonkers. The cell metabolism found that reducing carbs under their test subject's tipping point improved overall metabolism, reduced fat, and improved liver function without reducing calories. So the question is, how do we find out what our tipping point is? Because each person is so unique in what their tipping point is. Fat loss expert, Dr. Jay Tata, recommends starting at 100 grams total of carbohydrate intake for the day. That's number one. So you start at 100 grams total of carbohydrate intake for the day. And number two, increase or decrease that intake based on two measures, fat loss results and hunger, energy, and cravings. So if we're at all feeling low energy, more hungry, more cravings, there's a good chance that we either need to reduce or we need to up our carbohydrate intake. And it is up to you to find out what your special metabolic carbohydrate tipping point is. I also want to point out that I think it is fantastic to teach our body to use different sources of energy, meaning I really enjoy teaching my body how to burn fat. So when I'm through my muscle glycogen stores, my body starts utilizing its fat stores as energy. This is why uh, the, the ketogenic diet has become so popular because te- the, the, the keto, ketoers are not consuming any carbohydrates or maybe less than 10% of their total daily caloric intake, meaning that they're consuming fat, so they're always burning fat. And, but I believe that it's really good to teach our body to learn how to use carbohydrates as energy. I believe it's great for our body to learn how to use fat as energy, not all just one thing um, focused on. So I want to talk just a little bit quickly about the most underutilized carb dominant foods. And those are non-starchy vegetables. So if we focus on leafy vegetables like spinach, kale, arugula, as well as cruciferous vegetables like broccoli, cauliflower, and cabbage, that's fantastic. And when we ensure that 50 to 60% of our plate is non-starchy vegetables, then we can enjoy the peace of mind that we are crushing the nutrition game. A meta-analysis published in the journal Nutrients reviewed 10 peer-reviewed studies, and they found that increasing vegetable consumption intrinsically increases the rate of fat loss. They also found that increased intake of vegetables was found to be protective against weight gain and obesity. They also found that people who eat more than four servings of vegetables per day have the lowest risk for weight gain, And they also found that for every serving of vegetables consumed each day, study participants had a 
0.36 centimeter reduction in their waist circumference over the course of the study period. Also, Asia Pacific Journal of Clinical Nutrition revealed that eating more vegetables per day can reduce the risk of gaining excess weight in a single year by 73%. So what are we saying here, you guys? We got to utilize our non-starchy vegetables. These include arugula, bok choy, broccoli, Brussels sprouts, cabbage, cauliflower, celery, Chinese broccoli, cilantro, spinach, sprouts, mustard greens, kale, watercress, and so many others. Feel free to Google non-starchy vegetables, but I highly recommend those being about 50 to 60% of our plate every time that we eat. So you guys, I want to wrap it up here. I want to say that it's been a real pleasure, first of all, talking about carbohydrates with you. I hope I didn't bore you too much. So today I taught you what carbohydrates are, how they can be used. Remember, we have our cash checking account or our bank, which is the fat. Also the carbohydrate timing. We're recommending that 80% of our carbohydrates come at the end of the day. We're refilling that gas tank at the end of the day so then we can start using it in the morning. Uh, What else did we talk about? We talked about our carbohydrate tipping point. And basically the big scoop here is that if your goal is fat loss, then loading up on carbs to start the day is probably not the best idea. We got to think of our glycogen stores as a gas gauge. And also without carbing up to start our day, we're going to be able to utilize our muscle glycogen and our body fat stores faster. A lot of people never reach this state because they constantly have carbohydrates coming in from the minute that they wake up. So if we can get a little bit of movement in in the morning before we eat, even just a 15-minute walk, a 5-minute walk, that is going to tap into our muscle glycogen stores. And then that next meal that we're going to eat is going to go to replenishing our muscle glycogen stores rather than being stored as fat. I hope that makes sense. I hope all this makes sense, or maybe just something, because it's really powerful. And until next time, I wish you lots of love. I wish you lots of happiness. I wish you lots of joy. And I hope that you will be taking all of this in as you need. One love. Hey, 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 dude and dudettes. If you like today's show, the best thing that you can do for me is share this information. I want everyone out there to know how to optimize their body, their brain, and their overall health and well-being to live happy, beautiful lives. You know what I'm saying? You can also go check me out at the Dude Health Show on Instagram. You can also check me out on Facebook at Mitchie Wilder. And until next time, experience beautiful moments. I love you guys so much.